In the name of God, amen. Please be seated. I was wondering if I was going to stand on that box too and and look down from a high perch, but it's really lovely to be able to see you a little closer eye to eye. We walk by faith and not by sight. We've just heard and we've just sung. And um, one of the ways that uh, you can determine if you're being asked to live more by faith than by sight is to ask yourself in a given situation how well you can see. The less you can see, the more faith you need. And living by faith doesn't have much to do with creeds or dogmas or anything like that. It's much more an inner capacity to trust what lies behind, beyond your horizon, or moving ahead, continuing on a road um, without being able to see very far ahead of you. And that requires um, waiting for bits of inspiration or clarity, to be sure. But equally important, it, it asks of us that we act on whatever little pieces of inspiration or vision that we get, bit by bit to follow a light that illumines perhaps not the entire path, but the next step. And as you walk, to trust the slow work of God. Now, sometimes this is fun. Um, Imagine if you had a week or even a day with no obligations at all, except to follow your intuition, just to do whatever occurred to you to do for an entire day. Once when I was in a really stuck place, spiritually speaking and otherwise, the woman I would see for guidance in these matters told me to do exactly that. Um, She called it my intuition day. And it was a day that she said I could try and just free up my imagination and to trust what came to me. And I suggest to you that every summer ought to have at least one day like that. So if you could just think about that, and if you have uh, you know, daily obligations, if there were a way that you could just set aside a day this summer when all you did was what occurred to you to do, and you let go of anything that didn't come into your intuition or your inspiration in that moment. Um, the best summer days, one writer I love put it, aren't planned but grow out of a personal agenda that only the body and the soul can know. If you do it, let me know how it goes. Um, Now that's harder to do, um, living by faith and not by sight, when the flow of it kind of goes on indefinitely, or when matters of urgency are on the line. Um, It can actually be agony when we need guidance or we want something in our life to happen or to change, it's actually really hard to move ahead if you don't know where you're going. And that's when this living by faith and not by sight takes on um, a deeper meaning, uh, frankly, because we don't have much choice. We're living by faith because we can't see. Jesus... um, used the image of seeds a lot 
in describing what it means to live a faithful life. You heard two examples just this morning. The first was of a gardener who goes about his business planting seeds and then leaves them be and goes about other parts of his business while they go about theirs. And he really has no idea how they take sprout and grow, only that they do. Um, and it can be like that. We don't know how certain things happened. How did it happen that you first fell in love? Or that you received a new insight? Or that you stumbled upon a solution to a problem that had vexed you for a long time? How does that happen? We don't know. We only marvel when it does. And right after that is the image of the mustard seed. Have you ever, ever seen a mustard seed? They're really small. The smallest of seeds producing these shrubs. A welcome reminder that the, even the greatest of accomplishments begin really, really small. Now earlier in this same chapter, uh, Jesus has another very famous parable about seeds. And this is the one you, you remember. It's the seeds that are sown in various kinds of soil, right? So some seeds fall on the footpath, and the birds eat them up. And some fall into very shallow soil, and they grow up quickly, but then they wither and die. And some grow, fall into thorns, and they sprout up, but then the thorns choke them off. And then finally, over in the good soil, the, the seeds have a chance to flourish and produce great fruit. Um, and anyone who has ears, he says, listen. And the disciples are just completely dumbfounded, but the point seems pretty clear. Um, there's this mystery of the seed, the things that we can't control, um, God's potential way with us, but we also have a part to play, right? As the farmers, if you will, we have to tend to the soil. It has to do with receptivity, I suppose, and, and cultivation. And once, this is my last example, once the disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith, something we might all ask if we were given the chance, and he replied, you may remember, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, again, that little small seed, you could say to this mountain, be moved, and it would fall into the sea. And a uh, bit of exaggeration there, but you, see, you get the point, right? Um, you don't need nearly as much as you think. A little bit of faith will take you a long way. Now, the one constant, it seems to me, in all of these parables is that the seeds represent that miracle of God that's up to something in, in us, around us, and that part of our job is to trust that seeds will be seeds, that that part of God will do God's work, and that a huge part of our responsibility, our part, if you will, is to trust the slow work of God. And so, Going back to the image of our farmer for today, presumably he cultivated the soil. He did his part. He took the seeds and he put them in the ground. And then it was out of his hands for a while. There just isn't much more you can do 
but to trust that the seed will do what a seed is created to do, and that he had to live now by faith. Because if he dug up the soil to see how it was doing, not such a great idea. Not such a great idea to, to panic when we don't see the results that we want to see soon enough. And that's what I'd like to um, just hold for a moment for us all. Uh, that tendency we might have in the slow waiting part to lose heart or to panic or to imagine that we, there must be a mistake somewhere that we need to fix or that it's not happening fast enough. And I don't know about you, but usually when I act on that impulse, that's when I make my worst mistakes. Right? That's when I start doing things that undo good things in progress by my anxiety that they're not moving fast enough. Or that's when I begin to lose confidence in the insight that, that the seed represented, the, the, the path I had started upon the work I had begun to do, the project that I had undertaken that isn't turning out the way I had thought, right? And so I begin to mess with it. And more often than not, it's not being helpful. One of my teachers used to say, you can't exactly make a bean grow faster by pulling on it, right? <laughs> it doesn't help. It doesn't help. So how do we trust that slow work of God? I'm, um, I'm a bit slow on the um, social uh, public conversations around television shows and, and, and media and it's like, so all the shows that everybody else is watching right now, I'm not watching, but I started watching about a year ago, uh, Friday Night Lights, that was on like 10 years ago, right? <laughs> How up on things I am, but um, I love that show, and one of the things I love about it is exactly what, uh, it's exactly this process that time and time and time again, the characters on that show in the small Texas football town start something or are inspired by something or are following a dream, and then they get stuck, and they lose heart, and they make mistakes. And then somebody, usually that wise coach, says to them, would you just stay on the path? Would you just trust? Would you get your butt on the field and do your part and trust the dream, the vision, the potential that God has placed in you. Trust it. In a much more um, visceral and perhaps um, uh, passionate example from our own history, there's a, there's a time that apparently in Martin Luther King's early life, when he was in the middle of his first civil rights campaign, which was the Montgomery bus boycott. So he was, you know, in his late 20s, at the helm of an of a organized protest that they thought was going to last maybe a month, went on for over a year, 
And every day, he and the members of that organizing team had to keep an entire community of people in, inspired and engaged in a process that was costing them more and more every day, every single day. And they were starting to get all kinds of hate, hate mail and threats against his family, and the pressure was just building up around him like a cauldron. And he writes of a time when he basically just sits down at his kitchen table late at night. And, and if you saw the movie Selma, they actually reenacted this story, although they lifted it from an earlier part of his life. He's sitting down at the kitchen table, and he's completely lost hope. And he prays I, the, pray that we, the prayer that we all might pray in that, that moment, which is, I just don't, I can't see anymore. I don't know what to do. Everyone's counting on me and I don't know what to do. And what came to him in his prayer was God saying to him, trust your instincts. Trust your instincts. Keep going on the path, and it's going to be all right. And that's what he did. He trusted his intuition the original seed that God had given him, even though all the evidence around him was, was encouraging him to dig up that soil again and do something else. So now trust the slow work of God. Now that phrase, the slow work of God, is, not, is from, a, um, I first heard it from a, uh, a Jesuit theologian from France, Pierre de Chardin, and I'd like to read you the entire work from which it comes. It's a short poem. Let me just read you through it so you can see the interplay between living by faith and not by sight. And so this is what he writes. And I will wrap things up here. Above all, trust the slow work of God. We are quite naturally impatient in everything. To reach the end without delay, we, we want to skip over the intermediate stages. We're impatient of being on the way to something unknown, something, something new. And yet, it is the law of all progress that it is by passing through some stages of instability and that it might take a very long time. And so I think it is with you, let your ideas mature gradually. Let them grow. Let them shape themselves without undue haste. Don't try to force them on as though you could become today what in time, that is to say, grace and circumstances acting on your own goodwill. Don't try to become today what time will make of you tomorrow. Only God could say what this new spirit gradually forming in you will be. And here's the clincher. Give our Lord the benefit of believing that his hand is guiding you. Give him the benefit of trusting that those seeds will grow and accept the anxiety of feeling yourself in suspense and incomplete. That's just part.
part of the journey of walking by faith when we don't have sight. Follow your instincts. Trust your intuitions. Make peace with that inevitable feeling of incompletion. And trust. Trust, trust, trust the slow work of God planted in you. Amen.